everybody, and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul. I am your host, as is per usual. And from the home of my beloved Las Vegas Raiders, I have Shahab got. Uh, see, now I screwed it up. I just practiced, we practiced it right before the episode. Shahab Zagari. Shahab, thanks for yeah, coming on the show. Yeah, you got it. All right, good. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so, how badly do people screw up your name like I just did? Is that a common thing? Um, it, it's common. So, and especially my first name is phonetic. Um, right. I just feel like people see it and freak out, right? And they're like, <laughs> and, and to be fair, I, I kind of have a complex about people's names as well, okay. maybe because people mess mine up all the time. Yeah. Um, so I get it. I totally get it. It seems harder than it is, but I'm like, yeah, especially Shahab, like that's, it's totally hooked on phonics, you know? <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the show. We are going to talk about a lot of stuff because you're doing a lot of stuff. Um, you're working in the arts. But before we get to what you're actually doing, I want to know, are you a musician? Have you been a musician in the past? Have you been in bands and stuff? So let's start there. Most definitely. In fact, the label that my wife and I have been running for the past 22 years it came about because the bands I was in were not being signed. Right. You know, same, Sony I mean, same for care, me, right? Geffen that's that's everybody starting yeah. a label. They yeah. want to put out their own shit, right? That's <laughs> exactly. And then it just kind of blossomed from there, right? right. Same old story kind of thing. But um, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, experimental bands, um, you know, thrash kind of punk rock bands, and, okay. um, you know, we would play all these shows and this was kind of mid to late nineties and, you know, seeing these bands come through town. And at that time uh, we lived in Southern California and there was tons. I mean, at this point um, some tours come through Vegas and some don't just right. depending on logistics, but everyone would go to Southern California. I mean, that's just one of right, the stops. Right. right. And we'd see all these like small bands with CDs and seven inches. And so, just from those connections, we found out how we could, you know, take production in our own right, hands right. and the rest was history. Cool. So are you still playing in bands now or are you too busy doing all the stuff we're about to talk about? Yeah, I so I, <laughs> I stopped playing drums when I had kids. OK, um, so I've kind of it's, it's it is like riding a bike. But you know what? Just like anything creative, you've got to hone it. You've got to rehearse right. it and practice it every day. And I just right. I 20 years I haven't, you know. Um, my eldest just turned 18, so okay. haven't, haven't really, but I do, you know, I've always had a hand in music production and I love things like Mersbau and just like, you know, um, experimental music. So I still right. kind of dabble in that kind of stuff, but it's really just a Shahab plus special guests kind of thing. No, okay. no touring or okay. anything. Cool. Then before we get into stuff, I, I mentioned the Raiders at the top. So I've <clears throat> I've loved the Raiders uh, since 1977 was the first year I started rooting for the Raiders. So it's it's been a long time. So having the Raiders come to Vegas now that we suddenly veer into a sports podcast, uh, having the Raiders come <laughs> to Vegas, is that a positive or a negative for your community? Do you think um, it's a bit of both, um, you know? Uh, several years ago, John Oliver did a, a video segment about um, these huge stadiums mm -hmm. that are built using city money, right. but then the city never gets to reap the benefits of right. 
the income that you know that they bring in and so or the profits rather um so there's kind of there's that the other kind of negative side of things is um while the vegas valley has historically been you know a fast growing city uh, the golden knights and raiders i mean these two teams the, the city is exploding all kinds of folks from california are moving here now and so it's kind of becoming, you know, a, a mini LA and it's just like, oh man, that's crazy. Which, you know, I was born in LA, I love LA, but, uh, yeah. But then, and then the positive thing is, you know, um, you know, it does bring income to the city. Right. It does bring, right. um, uh, I guess not notoriety, but you know, for the longest time and even before I moved here, you know, Vegas, people just viewed it as that one mile strip. Right. You know, right. not you have schools there, you have grocery <laughs> stores. Like, yeah. You know, so so now people are seeing that, you know, and then it's like, I'm like, OK, good. Now you see that we are, you know, it's not a huge city, but right. we are. But a city city nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. on. OK, cool. So we're going to start with GC Records, Gay Kiddo Comet Records. So the first thing that I was prepping for this, when I was prepping for the interview, the first thing that struck me was 1999. Holy shit, that is early days for starting your own label. And so, so we talked a little bit about it. You know, you musician, I want to put out my own stuff. I start a label, right? But how do you maintain a small indie label for 20 plus years? So we'll, we'll fast forward a lot because we don't have, you know, 20 years to talk about this, but, um, so from 1999 until about 2001, 2002 ish, we were a bedroom label. So it was a hobby and we would, you know, I mean, uh, don't, don't take this as advice, but I would take out more student loans than I needed during college. And I would use that to put out vinyl, you know, um, just stuff that was just bad, but you know, in hindsight, I mean, it's, it was kind of my schooling anyway, right? Um, so we were a bedroom label. Then around 2001, we started to, I mean, we incorporated, started, you know, putting it on taxes, tax returns, and we started, uh, you know, contracts and signing bands. Right. And it was just, things were, you know, expanding. We, we signed up with um, distribution companies, which we hadn't really done so before. Before that, it was kind of like these small indie distros and now it was kind of getting bigger and then 2003 is when napster and limewire decimated the big guys now and i don't know if you know um you've had any um similar experiences but for us file sharing was how do I put this? It, 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 we couldn't buy that kind of marketing. Like it, it was, it was the new right. form of mixtapes. Right. It was tape trading right? from when I was a kid in high school. We did, we did tape trading, right? And it was the exactly. new, tape tra- the easier version of tape trading. So for us, it really was right. So if someone would download the album for free, but they ended up loving it, they would go see the band yeah. when they came through and get a shirt and get an album, and yeah. you know, then the band had money to get to the next gig, kind right. of thing. Um, so for us, it was actually a godsend marketing wise, but you know, the big guys, I don't know. I don't know if it really did affect them or if they've just freaked out or whatever it was, the whole industry came down to its knees. So 
at that point, we had three physical distributors and one um, digital distributor, which digital distribution was starting up at that point, right? They were like, hey, we know there's Napster, but we can also do it legit, you know, style this way. Um, iTunes was starting and all of that. Right. Um, but what happened was because everything, you know, came crashing down, the three um, distribution companies that we had for our physical products, all three of them closed. Um, only one of them sent us what they had in stock. I don't know if the other two sold it or recycled it or whatever. So we didn't get our stuff back. Wow, they didn't contact um, you and they just were like, well, and we're also keeping all your shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keeping it or, you know, trashing it. And none of them sent us what they owed us. I mean, obviously they went right. bankrupt, right? So at that point in time, I looked at my wife and I was like, okay, so we had a couple of years, you know, we have a nice little legacy. We can show our kids what we did. So either at this point, we need to just close up shop because we can't, we, we can no longer sustain this or move back to the bedroom label where there's, you know, there's no way for a hobby to go bankrupt. It's, right. you know, right. And so that's what we decided to do. Um, then a few short years later, it was the 2008 recession. At that point, I couldn't find work. Um, we already had two kids at that point. Um, you know, label moved back to hobby. And so we had to do something. It was so cheap to live in Vegas at the time. My wife actually grew up in Vegas. So her family was there. We had a little safety nest kind of safety net. Um, so that's when we moved there, but we brought the label with us and we were at that point, we're like, all right, well, that was our almost like 10 year anniversary. I was like, well, should we, should we keep this going? Should we not? And at the time, um, my brother-in-law who lived here, he was in a band and they were, opening up for no effects and stuff. And he's like, listen, I know you've, you've got kids. You can't, you know, bring your records to every show anymore and have your little distro thing there. Right. Like I'll, I'll be the face. I'll do it. You know, let's, let's do that. Um, and we did. And, and one thing that kind of, you know, put wind in our sails was most of the Vegas labels, they are Vegas labels, Vegas bands, Vegas shows. Okay. Right. Yeah. But we weren't like, and we had always been prolific. Uh, not we weren't prolific, but the bands that we work right. with, right? So from <laughs> Norway and New York and San Francisco, right? So we were kind of this global thing, um, and we kind of kept that going. And so Vegas never really had something like that where it wasn't just focused right, right. on one little city, one little region. Um, and and so you know, we and then we just the rest is history. We just we're continue, you know. It, the label at this point is my 57 Chevy. I throw money at it when I can. I tinker when I can. <laughs> um, every new release, you know, we're not signing bands, right? We, um, it's, every release is its own art project and different people are paying for different things. You know, the, you know, the band's paying for this, we're paying for that, Okay. you know? And yeah. so it's just every, every release is just to keep those merch tables stocked with the hope of, you know, they kind of use us as a piggy, uh, piggy, not piggyback, uh, like a trampoline yeah, and get a to springboard the bigger to get to the next level. Right, right, right. So on your webpage, um, you have the tagline, it's a family business, y'all. So is that, that's, so you just mentioned your, your brother-in-law and your, and your wife. So, so you just maintain it that way. Are you looking to say, we want to bring on interns or hire employees or whatever? Or it's just not that sort of thing. 
Um, I mean, we do, you know, and again, I guess almost like the, the each release, it, it really depends on what the next project is. Right. Um, like, for example, in 2019, we had our 20 year anniversary festival, food trucks, you know, cool. two venues, a whole day kind of thing that we brought on a shit ton of interns <laughs> to help with the marketing and the, just the manning the tables and um and we do if anyone listening to this wants to intern we would gladly take interns right we love them we love it you know teach you the ropes mentorship whatever you need um because you know we it, it is basically just the five six of us that kind of work on this right. and you know we all have you know don't quit your day job yeah, we exactly. all have a day job. and you know what you know what? now that i actually said that let me let me say so i love the name of the podcast thanks man um i uh have been in uh, you know so many different creative roles and certain times I'm completely freelance. I'm on my own. I don't have a day job. I'm doing it on my own. And then I do have a day job and then I don't. And then I do, but I I do feel like for creatives, it's important to not um, shy away from the day job. Right. You know, that, ensures that you can pay for the house whatever bills you've got and then you can put all of your free time into something that makes you happy um because if you're broke uh, then nothing is hard hard to get anything and and i've talked to lots of musicians and, and artists on on this podcast and and i think the thing that always is surprising to me is the constant hustle that needs to take place the constant trying to get the next thing or always worrying about what the next, you know, this gig is going to dry up. I know the tour is going to end and I got to already start thinking about the next, you know, that, and for me, having done a day job in addition to all the bands and whatever else my entire life, I don't have to worry about those sorts of things. Right. And so that's exactly what you're talking about. There's certainly a give and take, you know, being able to say that you can shoot videos or make music as your livelihood is, is an awesome thing. And I would, if anybody can do that, you know, that's, that's great to me. There is no selling out, but there's it, the looking glass goes both ways, I guess. Is the yeah. Point. I don't, I don't, I, I don't view it as, I mean, well, there are certain, instances i believe you know like let's say you you are a videographer and then you're like all right well i really need this gig so i'm gonna shoot this commercial for this republican like you know like <laughs> okay that's selling out you're doing right. something for someone that you really didn't like don't you know what i mean yeah, so, yeah i get that but, yeah but i don't think just having a day job is selling out like right. that to me is helping you keep afloat so that you are able to do the fun stuff that makes you sane that makes right. you happy and you know right right agreed Okay, so you're accept, accepting demos. So as always, if you want to intern with GC, if you want to send demos, I'll drop all the links as always in the podcast description. But you're accepting demos. When I talked to Mike Park um, a, a while ago, he he flat out said, yeah, if you send me stuff, I'm not going to listen to it, right? So he just said he can't. It's too much and he can't. But you guys will listen, but it also says don't contact us, we'll contact you if we're interested, right? So are you are you listening to stuff when it comes in? We are. And um, interestingly enough, when we first started, so the 90s, the early 2000s, let's say, let's say before 2010, we would get so much, so many demos to our, mm-hmm. our PO box. I mean, tons and tons and tons. And I can honestly say within the past four or five years, 
we've gotten two, maybe okay. three. Wow. It's all become, hey, here's my SoundCloud. Hey, here's right. my this. Hey, right. here's my that, right. right? And so it has kind of shifted. Uh, I do kind of miss, even though, you know, a lot of it was kind of like, kind of cringy. <laughs> I loved getting those albums in the mail and seeing what kind of packages, you know, these, right. these It's kids the joy of physical copy, right? Isn't that what it is? Exactly. And, you know, and from all, and our first website was, uh, in 1999. So there has been gcrecords.com this entire time. Right. And we've always said we're accepting demos, but we'll contact you not the way other way around because right. really, you know, it's, it's a passion project of a company and we just don't have, I would love to have the kind of money to promote and put out, you know, all this kind of stuff. We just don't have it. Right. right. And so in, in an effort to not have bands feel like they're slighted, like we just, we're just not going to take it on. Um, but I would lie if we did. So, you know, one of our favorite bands and releases that we've ever released was East Arcadia. We put out a seven inch and an album and it was kind of like the, you know, skate punk kind mm -hmm. of um, stuff. And I mean, amazing guys. I mean, and they sent a demo and that demo is what ended up becoming the seven inch, what ended up becoming the album. Now, that was a few years ago, um, fairly recently. You know, again, we're like, okay, we can't, we can't, we can't. Um, we got hit up by um this band um out of reunion island um which is an island off the coast of south africa wow. female singer horns right but not like mxpx it was more like i don't know subhumans y kind of stuff and i was like this is this is amazing you know um, very diverse uh, band members. Some of them are white. Some of them aren't like, I think it's like a French colony, right? right? Um, you know, off the coast of South Africa, all of the songs are political. I was just like, yeah, like this, like, what is like, what, what, what will it take to get us involved? Um, and that was very recently like that, that, uh, ended up being the first double LP we've ever released. Cool. Um, cool. so it's not to say that we don't. But don't hold your breath because, right. you know, we, we do have our hands full. I, I would encourage everyone listening to, to go to the website. There's more than 75, like, historical releases. You can see all the album covers on, on the website. A lot of skate punk, you know, as far as, you know, the link goes to SoundCloud. So you can hear skate punk. You can hear, like, old school sort of punk rock. There's some hardcore in there. There's some So they're really, if you're into punk music there you are definitely going to find something so you've done a good job maintaining your legacy over over 20 years Thank and you. really being able to show people here's stuff that we did and here are cool bands you should go check them out so that's that's pretty great you know i would count that as success is that one of the ways that you guys are also saying here's how we've been successful um i i would say um there are several releases that we've done where I've worked with people that were my heroes mm -hmm. um, as a teenager. And just that, I was like, okay, label's a success. We, <laughs> it, it facilitated this interaction. You know, like we had um, Citizen Fish uh, on, on a release. We um, put out a 7-inch by Buck. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Lisa right. Marr uh, from Cub and all that. But, oh, okay, from um, Cub, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she, she was Cub in um, Canada, and then when she moved to L.A. and started touring with the Muffs and all that, she went from Cub, and then she reversed it and made the band okay. Buck. And yeah, uh, cool. yeah, so we, you know, so getting to work with people who 
because man, you know, we, we've all met our heroes and sometimes they're down to earth, amazing people. And sometimes you're like, God, you're a piece of shit, <laughs> you know? Um, and so to be able to meet my heroes and see that they're really, you know, they put their money where their mouth is, right. they are who they say they are. Yeah. And then put the, you know, trust in us as yeah. a small bedroom label to take care of their, you know? And so, yeah. So I, I think it's already a success. I, I, I feel like, you know, I don't know. Like we don't, we don't really look at it. Like, are we successful? It's just right. like, all right, that, that art project is done. What's the next What's one? What's the next one? You yeah. Know? Cool. So just a, a quick aside here. So you have, uh, I'm going to air quote a weird name and you know, you're not a, you're not a white guy and you know, you're not doing all, all of that sort of stuff. So how much pushback have you gotten over the years? Have, have there been people that have met you and then been like, Hey, you know what? I don't, I don't, you're not American enough for me. I don't want to work with you. So luckily in the music world, not so much. Right, that's, um, that's good to hear. That's encouraging. Yeah. Hear, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we've had, I mean, you know, uh, outside of the label though. Yes. Um, but what, what was the first part of the question? So not, not the race thing, but Oh, the weird name. Weird so name, we yeah. have gotten a lot of pushback on the name. So, um, it's the, the word Gekido is Japanese for ultimate anger. So it okay. loosely, I mean, it's mixing languages. It's loosely <laughs> translates to, angry comet records right. and comet so shahab is arabic for the word comet okay so essentially it's angry shahab records um and i literally chose that in 1999 because i with my eyes saw the dot-com bubble burst and how i remember that do you remember yeah. that yeah for our sure. listeners yeah. probably yeah. don't or some yeah. of them do um if you're old like us they do <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was like, okay, what can, what can we name this company where there is no way in hell someone else will be like, well, I thought of that in yeah. 1991. Right. There's no way. <laughs> Nobody has ever made Gekido Common Comic Records. But then people were like, okay, so is this like a gay right. Right. label or and I'm just like, you know, it does, it, you know, whatever you, you know, so that, but again, I didn't really care, you know, that it was almost like a, any press is good press kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, we, we, in 2002, shortly after, um, nine 11, we put together a fundraiser album, um, called dropping food on their heads is not enough. Also on our band camp, we did a 15 year, um, anniversary remastered edition. Um, and I remember one of the bands that was on there, it was so funny. Cause he was like, all right, well, um, we really want to be a part of this because it was we partnered up with Sticker Guy and we partnered up with Obey Giant and there was this, this huge thing. I mean, Jello Biafra was on it, Anti Flag was on it, uh, Bouncing Souls. I mean, it was like this whole thing where yeah. we ended up raising enough money to build um, a hospital in a refugee near a refugee camp in Pakistan. That's right? Awesome. Yeah. So it was like really, really cool. But one of the bands was like, "Hey, um, is it okay if we don't put our address?" because we're afraid that people are going to come after us. I'm like, dude, first of all, no one's going to come after you. Like, who's going to buy this, right? Like, really? Like, oh, anti-flag fans, maybe. Like, and they're not going to come after you kind of thing. But it was funny because like, he yeah. was genuine. As a, as a white guy um, standing up for what he believed in, he was like, okay, you know. Worried, yeah. People are coming for me. Like, yeah. they're going to send me, you know, uh, 
mail bomb. And I'm like, no, dude, like, you know. Right. So it's, anyway, so it, yeah, th- that kind of pushed back. But I was like, you'll be fine. <laughs> it is weird, like when you read the news and you, you see the comments and you see, I've loved Rage Against the Machine for 20 years. And now suddenly they're communists. And it's like, Idiots. dude, you have Idiots. never listened. You've never listened to anything then if you if you think that this is new. It's crazy. Um, did you see the or hear the uh, Menzingers? um America, like the acoustic version they no, did with the I new lyrics. No. Okay. So I think it was like a month after the George Floyd murder. They took a song that was on their album that they just released called America, You're Freaking Me Out. Right. And they retooled the lyrics and it, you know, did it as an acoustic version versus right. a full band version. And they retooled it to include the George Floyd murder, to include lyrics about Trump gassing protesters to go hold up a Bible. Right. So I took that audio. I mean, and then they were raising, uh, you know, to, by selling it on Bandcamp, they were raising money for, you know, whatever it was. So I bought it. And then, um, one of my really good friends, Brent Holmes, who, uh, coincidentally is the son of singer Clint Holmes. Um, he went to a few of the protests in downtown Las Vegas and his, I mean, he just had cell phone photos. These weren't like national geographic photos or anything, but he caught some amazing moments and I just stole all of his images and asked for forgiveness later. And I paired them with this new acoustic song and that shit, I don't know if it's like 18,000 views or whatever the first weekend and the comments, man, like, I used to love you guys. Now I hate you forever. <laughs> you know, like, you've sided with the terrorists. Like, oh, my God. This is embarrassing for you, buddy. Yeah, you know? exactly. People, I don't know. People are just, they're, it's willful ignorance, as I've said for many, many years. They want to be as dumb as they are, so they, so they are. They'll remain, yeah. So let's, you just, you just brought it up, making a video. So let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, filmmaker with a degree in sociology and education. Uh, you have your Kevin Smith uh, little thing at the, on your, on your webpage, Kevin Smith talking up, uh, talking up Shahab a little bit. Which was amazing because um, <laughs> I knew he was going to do it, you know? but he didn't have to embellish it the way he did. Like he was literally supposed to say one sentence. And so the whole thing of like, he's, you know, he's the future of cinema. Like he didn't have to say any of that shit. And I was just like, Oh my God. Wow. Like I, I, you know, I didn't have a direct contact with him. I don't even know which of my films he sees. I don't even know what, you know what I mean? Like, Whoa, it's it's crazy. Pretty great. But, but you make films, right? So, so do you actually work for UNLV? Are you employed by UNLV or are you just affiliated somehow? Um, so I got a contract deal with them in 2017. Um, I had been a freelance, uh, videographer marketer for two years up until that point. Um, and sometimes it gets hard again, like, uh, you know, I love doing the art thing and, and doing it on my own, but sometimes you just got to pay the bills. Right? right. So don't quit your day job. Day job. So I, right. I kind of went out for that uh, gig and it was, it was at the, College of Fine Arts. And I don't know if I would have even applied for it if it was dental school or engineering or whatever. I was like, man, fine arts, you know, film, dance, theater. I was like, yeah, that's like up my alley. I can totally sell that shit, right? Um, And then after a few years of contract work, uh, they put a ring on it. And I'm now an admin faculty. And I don't teach. Imagine me making a syllabus. No, no. So I'm basically, you know, communications. I, I get out the 
you know, of all of the uh, colleges at UNLV, it is the most event heavy with the symphony orchestras and jazz right. theater. I mean, it's just, there's constantly, you know, eight gallery spaces. There's constantly things going on. Um, so it was up my alley. Um, and the nice thing is, is they also, you know, allow me to do my thing. So if I'm doing, you know, a commission uh, documentary about children or whatever it is, and, Hey, I, I'm gone for these three days. All right. Well, as long as you get your work done. Um, so it's been, it's been pretty cool. Um, cool. Do you feel like they go hand in hand, like this music background, being in bands, developing the label, has the the videography, has that art always been part of what you've wanted to do? Or has that gradually become more important to you? It has always been something I wanted to do. And it wasn't what I originally did. Right. When I was when I got married in the year 2001, I was working at a bank because I thought I had to, because I thought I was right. trying to put, you know, <laughs> food on the table. I was trying to get this label going. Right. And so, um, it took me 20 years to realize that as long as I pursued what I loved and continued to do it, like I edit photos and videos every day of my life, mm -hmm. that's honing my skills. That's, you know, consistent, you know, so now if, if someone has a referral for me, it's not for, you know, something outlandish. It, it, oh, Hey, you do video. Here you go. We need, we need to edit this thing. Hey, we got, you know, right. we're, we're doing a pandemic video now that we can't do an in-person thing kind of thing. So it took me a while to get here. It took me a while to get the confidence, but, um, so what if a yeah, band think, wants to hire you to come out and follow them around on tour or something like that? Are, are these things that you would do? I would definitely do. Yeah. Music videos, you know, tour videos, um, you know, just have the label call me. Yeah. Let me know what the budget is. And that's usually where we go from there. Like, you know, if you've got a $500 budget, well, you send me all your, you know, iPhone videos from tour and I'll cut it together. You know what I mean? So <laughs> cool. Cool. So that's just, uh, it's, it's a, again, actually one, one, one quick yeah. anecdote too. I saw the other day that Steven Spielberg shot his first music video. On a phone. And so I, I quickly went to my <laughs> Vimeo account where I, you know, I kind of have these collections depending on who's, who I'm talking to. Right. right. I, I don't have a reel cause I, I work on so many different things. So I have a music video collection and I was like, I, I, I quickly went to it and I tallied it. I was like, man, I've got nearly 90 music videos in my portfolio. <laughs> got to catch up, Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's, he's, anyway. he's way behind. Got to catch up. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're a busy guy. You're doing lots of stuff. You're, you're invested in the work that you're doing um, and you're enjoying it. So how does someone, like if we just talk about this idea of moving from the day job that you don't love and getting into a way to make videos or be in a band or start a label or do any of the thing, make paintings, right? How does, you know, what's your advice to someone who's starting out and just wants to, to break out? So I think a few things, one, just do it. I, I don't care if you, I mean, these, you, you know what I would have done if I had an iPhone 13 at 10 years old, right. You know what I mean? And so like, sometimes I, I talk at conferences and they're like, well, you, can we use our phone? Yes, you can. And you should. And then what will happen is, is when you use that on the daily basis, then you're going to quickly go, okay, well, 
I don't have con- complete control in iMovie. I've got to get Premiere or I've got to get DaVinci, right? right? Um, oh, wow. So this is this looks good when I threw $0 at it. What will happen if I throw $100, right. $1,000, right? And so then you start learning. So number one, do it. Number two, donate your time and do grunt work. Become a PA on a, on a shoot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, put out your own music on Bandcamp and just kind of do the litmus test. And, and through those things, the shows, you know, the meetups, then you're going to start networking and then people will remember you for what you want to do versus what you're currently doing that right. you hate. Right. Cool. Cool. Well, as always, I will throw up all the links um, onto the podcast description. I want to thank Amen. everyone. Thanks for having me. For sure. I want to thank everyone who's listening. Uh, your support is very much appreciated. Please give us a rate on Apple Podcasts. That that definitely helps a lot. I want to thank Shahab Zagari for coming on the show, GC Records. Um, if you if you want to get on his label, if you have an, if you want to be a PA, if you want to get your masterpiece music video made. Uh, he's the guy to got to contact. And and again, there are so many releases on GC Records um, SoundCloud. You what I would recommend is if you go if you go to the Bandcamp, they usually say don't judge a book by its cover. Judge a book You're by right. its cover. So <laughs> so pick the cover that you feel resonates with you and start there because right. there's just so much. There's right. so many. Yeah, it's <laughs> 20, awesome. Twenty two years of <laughs> it's. It really is great. Uh, thanks, Shahab, for coming on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Stay in touch with you.